From the studios of Tucson Business Radio X, recorded in the Stewart Title Corporate Offices on Broadway, you are now listening to The Mark Bishop Show. And now here's your host, Mark Bishop. And welcome to another episode. I'm back in the reading corner with a feel-good sci-fi sequel combining factual history with a fun romp across the USA, circa 1945. And it's all featured, Area 51, World War II, featured in and out of this world novel for everyone. Well, what is it, Mark? Tell me. Bad Love Tigers by the Denver doctor, Kevin L. Shuey, has become a best-selling book in multiple categories, would you believe? Now, we talk about multiple categories. Well, well, you know, let's, number one, aviation world history, all right? Number one in hotels and inns travel reference. Ah, what about auto and RV travel? How do you get number one in that? And number two in children's aliens books and number three in military aviation history. That's a hell of a coup. So what a mixture of categories in this brand new sequel to the critically acclaimed novel Bad Love Strikes. Ah, now that we're ringing a bell, Shuey has penned another enjoyable romp that balances the delicate subject matter of a dark time in history with the adventurous hope of youth. Part history lesson, part sci-fi adventure. Shuey's engaging characters in the Bad Love Gang, based on his own friends, of course, in high school, embark on a road trip across America to save the world from the Russians, help win World War II, and discover some unearthly information involving... Area 51. <laughs> Welcome to the Reading Corner, Kevin Shuey. Thanks, Mark. It's great to be here. We just uh, survived about six inches of snow here in Denver and out in the uh, suburbs. They got as much as a foot. Wow. But uh, here we are. Well, I'm in sunny Tucson, my friend, where I think it's about 78 degrees here at 930 in the morning uh, on a very nice day. The Bad Love Gang is back with more edge of your seat adventure. You know, involving spies, planes, and time travel, novel, thrill, history buffs. This one, fascinated by World War II and the Cold War. And it takes you on a wild trip across America. John Kelly from the Detroit Free Press, he gave you a nice rap on that as well. Tell me, Bad Love Tigers is a sequel to your best-selling uh, debut novel, Bad Love Strikes. You have a busy and fulfilling career as a radiation oncologist. Why did you decide to write books? The truth about that, Mark, is, and, and I, here's what how I describe it, I feel like I was struck by lightning. <laughs> and, um, I mean, I've written articles for newspapers and medical journals and magazines about medical things. Um, but as we get a little older, I think we pick up hobbies. And uh, one of my hobbies is uh, World War II history. So, I uh, subscribe to these, uh, you know, journals, uh, regarding World War II and all the various events. And in November of um, 18, I uh, came across an article about the Phantom Fortress. And uh, the Phantom Fortress is one of those, you know, one of those uh, Twilight stories of World, Twilight Zone stories of World War II. But here's the thing, Mark. <clears throat> this is a true story, and it's really what um, inspired and motivated me to write the first book, Bad Love Strikes. So it's a it's a late afternoon in Cordenberg, Belgium, and a British air base, and um, 
a uh, brand new gleaming uh, American B-17G uh, bomber comes in to land. And the problem was there was no plane scheduled to land. So, you know, all the ground crew, people protecting the base are calling in and asking about this flight and no flight scheduled to come in, but it comes in and lands anyway. Right. And it sits there in the field and all its engines are running and no one gets off the plane. And this goes on for 20 minutes. And so the, you know, the British crews are, are staring at all this and they're thinking, well, maybe the Germans are using it as a Trojan horse or maybe everyone's dead and injured on board and they just can't get off. So right. finally, this brave officer, a guy named John Chris, this is a true story. You, it's in the history books. Wow. And so anyway, this guy, John Chris, he goes out to the plane, finds his way on board. There's leather flight jackets laying on the floors. Uh, there's parachutes lined up against the fuselage. Candy wrappers open all over. Signs of recent occupancy. Not a soul on board. So I'm going to ask you, with your uh, background, how does a four-engine B-17 bomber land by itself at a friendly air base without anybody on board? But it did. <sighs> Probably the hand of God one way, or maybe it was a uh, UFO got him down, huh? I don't know, but this is history. <laughs> and so It's amazing, you know, you, yeah. You know, it is amazing. It's late November. Uh, you don't. You don't bail out of your plane over Belgium in um, in in late November without your leather flight jacket on. Yeah, no, no, and, and you get home. You know, uh, autopilot those days would not have landed that plane. So, and, and, uh, it's, and a, it's amazing, absolutely amazing. Bad Love Tigers, I want to ask you this. It contains a soundtrack to guide you on your journey. The best part, the historical facts are real. Um, and you have been, you know, uh, Kevin, a lifelong World War II aficionado, spending years researching your topics, including the very old, famous hotels that the kids stayed in along the way. And being a World War II history buff, uh, Bad Love Tigers combines factual history but with fiction. Now, you mentioned that you read about the Flying Tigers as a small child. How did you come up with such a fascinating storyline for this particular book? Well, the uh, reality of it was that the so Bad Love Tigers opens the gang are back from their first mission, and they're at the time machine, which is called the White Hole Project, and they're celebrating New Year's. And they are ambushed by a Russian KGB agent named... Borya Krovopuskov. And um, anyway, they survived the ambush, and they're talking to each other like, what are we going to do? Are we going to tell the officials or figure out how this happened? So they decide to go back in time and talk to Franklin Roosevelt, who really founded the project, and, um, and get his take on how this breach of security might have occurred. So they go and they talk to Roosevelt literally the day, the morning before he dies at the little White House in Warm Springs, Georgia. And Roosevelt is the one that sends them on this epic 1945 road trip across America from Warm Springs, Georgia to Area 51. Right. 
he basically puts them in charge. He feels like they're the best hope uh, since they know how to use the machine and they're from the future. He feels like they're the best hope to protect the uh, secrecy of the Whitehall project, um, but also Area 51. Okay. And that's how it happens. And so they, you know, you can only drive about 45 miles an hour in Army Jeeps uh, in 1945. So, you know, this uh, trip, it takes them from Warm Springs, you know, through Atlanta to Chattanooga and Knoxville and Indianapolis, Chicago, St. Louis, Kansas City, Wilson, Kansas, the Czech capital of Kansas. Right. And out to uh, Denver and Colorado Springs, and then to Area 51. So the reason the book ended up on number one bestseller list for hotels and, <laughs> and inns uh, is because they stay at all these famous, you know, landmarks. Yeah, American hotels, like the Broadmoor Hotel and the Reed House Hotel. Just yes. a couple to mention there, yeah. And the Drake in Chicago, it, you know, in, in the Mayfair in St. Louis, it, and so, um, you know, it it shows you for for the audience, you know, to um, to really give them a, a feel for it. It shows you what America felt like and looked like in 1945 through the eyes of 1970s uh, teenagers playing 60s and 70s music along the way as they're taking this epic road trip uh, at the direction of President Roosevelt. Very different. You would have done a lot of research on Roosevelt. He plays a big part in the book. Now, uh, yeah, it was about the backup plan for the time travel machine because uh, the White Hole project. Now, the Russian spies, um, you know, they have to uh, protect the secrets of Area 51. And before heading to China, too, the kids, to volunteer with the ABG Flying Tigers under General Claire Chennault. That's exciting stuff. Yeah, right. So um, I did. I read, uh, as a little boy, Mark, I read the book about the Flying Tigers. And probably from the time I was seven or eight years old, I was just fa fascinating with the story of the Flying Tigers because – you know, they were flying uh, to defend China against the Japanese Air Force even even before World War II uh, mm. officially got started for the United States. And then, you know, in December of 41, they were literally, uh, other than the planes that maybe got into the air at Pearl Harbor, they had the first uh, major air battle of World War II after Roosevelt declared war. Right. And so... Um, Anyway, what happened was uh, one of the flying they they saw something happen in the in the um, in southern China uh, that was unexplained, and uh, the Japanese were trying to figure out what it was, and the Chinese were sending ground forces, and uh, uh, basically the bad luck gang are told by Roosevelt to deliver an envelope to Claire Chanel. And he will let them know what has happened there, and they will then have a, a, a mission that will ultimately protect the secrets of Area 51. Wow. And, okay. Uh, so, I mean, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's so much today with Area 51. You, you were just a little tyke. I think you're about seven years old on research. We had asthma at the time. 
Um, and that's when you really fell into the story of the Flying Tigers, one of the first history books that you ever read. And you had been yeah. fascinated by the story, you know, of the AVG Flying Tigers ever since. I want to ask you this. You write about serious subjects, such as the Holocaust, in your previous book, uh, Russian spies, fighter planes, in a, but in a feel-good way, you know. What made you decide to use this tone in your book? You know, Mark, think about this. I'm a cancer specialist. Um, I'm, I start year number 35 uh, as a, a radiation oncologist taking care of adult cancer patients. Um, and so my life as a cancer doctor is one of giving uh, people hope for the future because when you have a diagnosis of cancer, in general, you feel like death has visited your doorstep. Um, but nowadays, we really, at least in, in my field, we cure about 80% of the patients that we see and treat overall, the big picture. And, um, and so you have, with every patient you meet with, one of the things you have to do is get past the fear um, about the future. And so um, there's no other way I could write books but to write them with, uh, infused with hope. And so I'm able to take um, dark subjects and approach them in a way that, yep, here's the reality, you know, here's, here's the dark topic, but here's what we're going to do about it. And so, you know, my books are feel-good books. They um, certainly do not take you down a dark hole and leave you there like mm. a lot of novels. No, no, no. You, you muddy collar, look after me. I like that. Folks, I'm speaking with uh, author Kevin L. Shuey, uh, Dr. Kevin L. Shuey, on uh, this wonderful new book, Bad Love Tigers. Uh, he's a doctor in Denver, a real person, and uh, a heck of a, uh, you know, a researcher and, and studier of history and so on. And, uh, in fact, Dr. Grady Harp, Amazon Top 50 Hall of Fame reviewer, uh, he says... The Kevin, few writers have the well-tuned skill of incorporating popular music themes to inculcate history, historical arenas that uh, Kevin achieves in this fascinating series, Bad Love, with precision and humor and imagination. Lots of great write-ups. There's an, uh, I'm going to leave it on the site, too, about, uh, about Kevin, all the different uh, anecdotes, how good it really is. But I want to touch on this. Not only is it in the best-selling list, but I think something exciting is about to happen, re-screenplay, re-films. Uh, tell, tell us about that. That's exciting stuff. Oh, gosh. And so this is brand new. This is literally hot off the press. Oh, whoop-de-doo. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so um, I wrote the screenplay to the first book, Bad Love Strikes, and um, that actually uh, uh, took me about eight or nine months on the side of, you know, because I'm writing the Bad Love Tigers and, and the uh, most recent one, Bad Love Beyond. But anyway... I wrote the screenplay and I got done with it in September. And so I submitted it to a bunch of uh, contests, uh, you know, uh, screenplay contests. Anyway, um, it was accepted by the Los Angeles Film Festival last week. Um, actually, it's called the Los Angeles Film Awards, LAFA. Okay. And it's huge. I mean, it's huge. And so, anyway, um, first, it got accepted for consideration, and then on Monday of this week, uh, I got an email that it had made it to the quarterfinals, and literally yesterday morning at 1045, I mean, I know the time because I opened the email and I started to 
actually started to cry a little bit. I mean, <laughs> Good on you. What a wonderful here, feeling. I appreciate here, you sharing that with us, you know. That's a first. That's a winner. Yeah. And so it made it to the semifinals, and then the finals will be announced on Friday of right. finals. Uh, so stay tuned. Yeah. Well, you know, we're recording this on Thursday. What's the day? 25th, I think it is, of February. Uh, but it's going to be up there for a while, so maybe uh, you can let us know what happens after that. You know, these books, um, I've got a few minutes left, but these books aren't the first thing you've written. I mean, every year you write a skit for cancer survivors, which you uh, you put on with other doctors, right? Tell us about that. <laughs> so... Um it's called Cancer Survivors Day. It's the first Sunday of, of June of every year. Unfortunately, you know, we didn't have it in June of 2020 because of uh, COVID-19 restrictions. So our last event was um, June, first Sunday in June of uh, 2019. But it's uh, I write a skit, and, and it's always got a theme. And I'll just give you, you know, an example for the last one. It was a Guardians of Survival the name of it and so the theme was you know uh, guardians of the galaxy and i came dressed as star lord and um, i had one of the female surgeons uh, she dressed as as gamora and we had <laughs> and we had groot and uh, and anyway it was um uh, what we do is i write the skit and the skit is designed so that the players on the stage are asking each other questions or dilemmas about various things and then the answer to those questions or dilemmas are clips from songs of whatever era it is that we're talking about and then we all dance and lip sync to the music cool. and there's a thousand people there and they just oh my gosh mark you yeah, know yeah. they just laugh and carry on because these doctors are making complete fools out of themselves yeah that's a nice thing <laughs> it's a good thing i mean life is so short my friend that's that's really giving well we're just about out of time kevin but i i do want to ask you this i, I believe the book is dedicated to your sister how has she been an influence in your story yeah well, um, the first book, Bad Love Strikes, was dedicated to my sister, Kathy Williams, who is now um, a uh, three-and-a-half-year survivor from uh, stage three breast cancer and in remission. The second book is dedicated to the middle sister, Denise, and Denise and I were closer in age than Kathy, and so we watched all of these um you know, TV programs growing up together like Lost in Space and Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea and uh, um, Man from Uncle, and we would fight each other for TV time uh, based on our preferences. And anyway, so Denise and I were really actually very close growing up, and, and so Bad Love Tigers is dedicated to her. Lovely, absolutely lovely. Well, folks, Kevin Shuey, Kevin L. Shuey, medical doctor, F-A-C-R-O, FACRO, is a board-certified cancer specialist. He has been in the private practice of radiation oncology for over 33 years. It's a lifetime. Loves writing. Successful first book. Now, this. by the way, where can I buy this book? Where can I buy this wonderful new book? So, um, KevinShuey.com, K-E-V-I-N-S-C-H-E-W-E.com is my author's website. 
go to the Buy tab, and it will take you to Amazon or Barnes & Noble. The book's available in uh, hardcover, paperback, Kindle, and Audible, Amazon Audible. And uh, so you can go straight to Amazon or Barnes & Noble. Uh, follow me at Real Kevin Shuey on Instagram. It's a hoot. <laughs> I, I, you know, I probably never would have got on Instagram, but my publisher made me do it. Yeah, Mark. look, you, everybody does today. You got to get onto all social media, but I'm going to put all this up on the site. So, folks, you can always go to TucsonBusinessRadioX.com. It'll all be there. Don't panic because I know it's hard writing things down this day and age. Everything sites, everything social media links, and so on. So we don't get time to write them down. So you need to do that. Um, Kevin, I wish you really well with the, uh, you know, the film bit. I've got a feeling that's going to come up for you and good luck with that. And, uh, just keep writing. I, I will ask you one thing. What's next? <laughs> well, actually, um, bad love beyond is book three in the series and it came out over Thanksgiving. So I'm writing faster than we can keep up with the additions on radio. <laughs> <laughs> All right, very good. Well, good luck with that. And uh, thanks for taking time out in the Reading Corner and the Mark Bishop Show. I appreciate it. Good luck, Kevin. Thanks so much. You're welcome. 